And we're live. G'day, everyone. Welcome to Talking Daughters of Cain. It is the coach here. Uh, I hope you're all well. I hope you're all safe. And in today's episode, we are talking, as I mentioned before, surprise, uh, Daughters of Cain. And I'm here with my good friend, formerly known as Danye. It is Dane. Dane, how are you, sir? I'm good, mate. How are you? Really well, man. Really well. Um, so Dane has been brought here because he is an expert when it comes to Daughters of Cain. He's been playing them for a long time. You are an expert. Um, and, you know, you you put your theory into practice when it came to CanCon, uh, the world's largest Age of Sigmar event and, uh, in the world and, you know, every year. Um, uh, and in, 2000, in 2020, we had over 200 players. I think it was like 219 players. And you landed in 16th spot. So to to land 16th spot in an army that is underrepresented in the meta right now, uh, I thought there was no better person to talk about this faction and understand how to use the Daughters of Cain in the current landscape. Um, yeah. About two years ago or a year and a half after the Battle Tome came out, I had some experts talk about the Battle Tome and, mm. you know, very much was about the, the Witch Elves and spamming Witch Elves. But a lot's changed, and I and that's what I really want to hear from you, Dane. I want to understand how do we bring Daughters of Cain into twenty twenty and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, a lot has changed, so be interesting to um, yeah, go over most of it. Other, other than your CanCon representation, is there anything that you want to, uh, you know, who, who are you? Who's the man behind the the amazing list? Uh, well, I'm Dane, so I've been in AOS pretty much since it started. So I went looking for fantasy, um, and surprise, surprise, didn't exist. The world blew up, and yeah, went into Sylvaneth for about a year and a half, two years, till Daughters of Cain dropped, and I've been pretty much buying them nonstop. So yeah, they're they're a great army. They're underrepresented. Um, I, I, I could I could keep saying that till the cows come home. Um, you got yeah, into there them was, before there was contrast. One that and yeah, there was the one. Thing gone. Yep. That's pretty crazy. So not the only Marathi, though. No, no. People are taking Marathi, uh, looking at you, Sam Morgan. Yeah. So, so you know, Daughters of Cain, we, we, we've kind of, you know, set the landmark. Uh, they were an army that it came out a long time ago. They um, had a cool book, and they were doing quite well in the meta, um, but they've kind of dropped off in representation so, for a while. So you mentioned you've been playing them for, for a long time now. What drew you to the Daughters of Cain over all the other factions? Oh, man, pretty much the aesthetic. So, I mean, the best trailer that's ever happened in the World of Warhammer previews, that just, yeah, I was just blown out of my seat. And since then, so canary heart renders and just boobs, man, boobs. So, and I love painting skin. That's a weird thing to say, but, yeah, one of my favourite things to paint. So it's been a pleasure to paint, actually. It's... um. From memory, that trailer dropped at CanCon, like, uh, yeah. 2018, I think it was. And I remember sitting in uh, – I remember, I think, day one had finished at CanCon, yeah. and uh, I was sitting in my little hotel room at the time, and I'm watching this video. I watched it three times. Um, I then watched, like, Vince Venturella's, um, you know, recap of – I think it was LVO. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm just like, man, this sounds so freaking amazing. Marathi, oh, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see what this is going to do. I had the same reaction with the um, the previous one of the Warband. So coming out for, what is it, uh, Warcry. So I mm -hmm. think I watched that about four or five times as well. So, oh, man, I'm looking forward to those. 
So it looks like with their um, the shadows of the model, then they might have a deep strike mechanic, I'm hoping, but yeah, that'll be interesting, we'll see. So other, other than that hype video, because that's just one of the hype videos, okay, mm. I remember seeing Deep Kin and I'm like, man, fish elves, amazing, and I never yeah. really executed on it. So other than that really cool hype video, what drew you to the doors of Kane? Sell me on this army. <laughs> Honestly, um, the thing that was happening, um, I was trying to get my partner back into into Warhammer because she beat played a bit of Sylvana. She was she wasn't bad. Um, broke my dirt through, which is unfortunate. But then she said she might get into it if I got witch elves. And then so you know, decided to get a whole army and under the pretense of getting her back into the game. And then as happens, the wife never gets into it, and I got a whole army. <laughs> but yeah, I think I ended up having about eight thousand points at one point. So before I sold them off, I had three of the Christmas. Um, Battle Force boxes sitting on my shelves, but yeah, they're an expensive army to collect. Though, oh my god, I did not realize what I'd signed up for. So the hey. amount of witch elves, I think I've got between witch elves and sisters of slaughter about 120, and it's 70 bucks a box, which you're only getting them in boxes by individually. That's what 840 dollars just in foot troops. Dane, you're meant to be selling me on the idea. You're not meant to be turning me off it. Um, oh. It's the play style as well, though. Like, after they got a bit more teased and whatnot, so I'm kind of known for fast combat armies. Even when I was running Sylvaneth, I was running, like, the plus two to charge on the general and whatnot. So I just like to get in, get stuff done. It's a really fun army to play. And there is multiple play styles, even though there's a lot of people that says there's only one. But, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, so, so there are, uh, uh, I'm really drawn to the fact that they've got some really cool models. You know, they've got some very interesting models from like the Canary to the snakes. Um, you get to, you get to play with blood effects, which I think is really, really, really cool. Yeah. I think um, I've got blood on everything I own, the Lords of Cain, but yeah, Canary and all the new sculpts are just hands down fabulous. I'm painting snakes at the moment, getting a unit of town them, of them ready for the new season. And yeah. The sculpts are just fantastic. Marathi being a two-piece as well and having the interesting mechanics that she does. And Daughter Kane also just have a lot of interesting mechanics that not a lot of armies do have. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You've got some beautiful monsters. You've got some, you know, nice little you know, the avatar the avatar of Kane. There's some some really, really cool stuff in the daughters. So um it, it's a great piece, and I hope to see more on the table. Um talk me through the strengths. Let me understand because I've, I've experienced mostly the witch elves. Um, not many people in my local scene have been running things like the snakes. Yes, I've played Canary. Yes, I've played Marathi. But I feel like there's half of this army that I haven't really had an exposure to yet on the tabletop. Hmm. So at, at a very high level, what are they good at? Like, What's their strengths? Oh, well, the keys you've got to work around with, with um... – with Daughters of Cain, really, you've either got high durability with your Agnar and stuff, or you've got you've pretty got high movement across the board with your run and charge and your basic foot troops. But your snakes are base movement eight, your Canary are 18. I mean, um, snakes are fabulous, they can be. Um, but the trouble is getting into combat with that eight. The eight is is good, but sometimes it's just difficult to get them in. Um, my, one of my favorites actually is um that's often boo-booed is our uh, life takers the not the melee version of the harpies they're one of my favorites so i had um a unit of 10 of them once take out a um a 20 no uh 12 block of ogres so it took out eight of the um ogres with just their melee attacks um and then yeah battle shock the rest off so it was bloody grouse but 
Snakes have got a place, definitely, especially in probably Drachiganath is one of the better places for snakes because they get plus plus one to hit, which affects their mortal wound touch. So you can have them hitting on twos, re-rolling ones um, with their normal attack, and then, yeah, we're hitting on threes, re-rolling if you want them to. But they're obviously bloody good in Hagnar as well, but yeah, everyone knows that. So you see 20 blocks quite often in Hagnar. And, and, and that's another really good point, is that most of the Doors of Cain armies I've seen have been the Hagnar, which we know has a lot of after saves, but and I feel like there's so many other temples that we haven't really explored, especially oh, right. with some of those ones that buff the other parts of the army, which people were just flooding like 120. You said it yourself, 120, yeah. 140 witch elves and sisters of slaughter. You know, have a couple of uh, of um, hag queens that were kind of buffing them up. Maybe a Marathi, but usually it was just this big flood of of um, witch elves that which yeah, is really hard to take down and just threw lots and lots and lots of dice at you. Almost a hundred percent of lists as well, except those generally in a temple nurse build will have a cauldron as well. And I absolutely detest the cauldron. It's one of the most uh, reverse kind of uh, yeah it. It kind of limits your your play style. You really have to castle around it. Your buffs are all seven, eight inches or eighteen for the blood shield, and it, I just don't like the play style it induces. So it really kind of limits the direction of your army building as well, especially if you go into slaughter troop or um, cauldron guard. But there's a fair few play styles with it, but you're all always kind of central, circling around this cauldron, and, yeah, with your buffs, and I just find that pretty boring. Not your not your style. No, no, I run a whole bunch of foot troops and that's it. So no cauldron for me. I used to have one that I ran for a while and I had it on a dragon to try and make it cool and get myself into it. But at the end of the day, I just can't be bothered. Wow. Well, I'm glad you're selling me on Daughters of Cain. Uh, I can hear the enthusiasm when it comes to um, the, the the war altar, but I know you've done incredibly well. And uh, what we're going to do today is I, I've got one of your lists that we're going to go through a little bit later but I want to bring your experience to the table because you have been playing with this now since the Battle Tome dropped, which is, again, it's one of the oldest Battle Tomes that we now currently have. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to understand a little bit more about the Allegiance, how it all works in, in um, I guess, Age of Sigmar 2.0, the, you know, the Soul Wars edition. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe a little bit about the temples. I know Hagnar is the number one temple that people were going to. Is there any legs in the others? And then we'll kind of unpack a little bit more in one of your lists. But obviously... This is just not. This is just one of many lists. There's, there's no silver bullets. Not to say this is the no. only list to run, but this was just an example of how you brought the the abilities to to life. Yeah, yeah and there's definitely been some changes to my list that I ran at Kingcon already as well. So it's it's always changing. Well, I mean, the meta is always changing, right? Every month, you know, after CanCon, we had the Wrath of the Ever Chosen. So Nurgle and Corn got a nice little buff. You know, mm -hmm. Archeon's now causing terror. Um, Seraphon have now hit the table. We've got new Zench. So um, the it's answers that you had at CanCon are now not the answers that you need today. And who knows what happens with the new pointy elves, what happens with Gargans, mm -hmm. what happens after that. So, all right. Absolutely. So I'll I'll, I'll take that that uh, that little nod as um, let's get into it. So what I might do, Danye, is uh, it's Dane. It's a running a running joke from previous episodes. Um, so I'm I'm going to read through the battle traits and some of the things that you get by Allegiance Daughters of Cain, and I'd love your insights and your your take on like what does it mean and how do you leverage it and you know get that that real 
finite kind of knowledge out of you. So um, the first battle trait you're going to get is a fanatical faith, which you roll the dice each time a wound or a mortal wound is allocated to a friendly Doors of Cain model. On a six plus, it is negated. So what does that mean? And how do, how do you build around that? So that's pretty much obviously just a DPR save. You make the most out of that in Agnar. But uh, depending on that and turning everything into kind of an anvil is is not the direction I wanted to go in. So going instead in Calibron direction. But um, it, it's good to have, especially when you have like five or six mortal wound spells coming at your heroes and you ignore one. So and your heroes left alive on one wound, that's just brilliant. But it's just those little bits that kind of keep you alive and keep you in the game. And if you and if you haven't read the book, uh, you, there are ways to bring that down or to be able to get additional yep. saves. So it's nice to see that you know battle wide, uh, everything is getting a six plus. Um, mm. I always find it funny that uh, you do legions of Nagash better than Death Ken because yeah, they've got to stay. They've got to stay wholly within um, the range of a hero. While mm. you get this, no matter where they are on the board. Yeah, I've I got a feeling that'll change in the new book with a lot of things, but yeah, it's bloody awesome for now. So right now we know that um, uh, you're getting a, a six-up additional save to wounds and mortal wounds. Yes. The second one is the blood rights. So the blood rights say uh, friendly Doors of Cain units gain the ability of each battle round. So as shown on the table. So on the right-hand side, there is a table um, we've got here. So there's uh, five, five plus. Um, so what happens? So for example, in the second battle round, uh, re-roll ones to a friendly Doors of Cain run um, and also charge. You've got some other rules here, such as um, what else do you get? Reroll hit rolls of one for the unit. In addition, uh, if the unit's an avatar of Cain, it's always counted as animated. Reroll wound rolls of one. Reroll save rolls of one. Uh, in addition, you don't take battle shock. So what is this blood rights table? How do you look at this? How do you build around it? It's kind of just a passive utility buff. I mean, it's nice. It gives you increased um, dependency. Like you can depend on a lot more of your rolls. Uh, there are also ways to increase it. So your units can go ahead in the blood rights table. There's a prayer and a believe there's a command trait as well. But the command traits are pretty useless unless you're using um, Draetiganath, which doesn't dictate your command trait. Um, but they make um, those double one charges and stuff just not an issue. So you get your roller one on your charge on your second turn, and yeah, that's okay. So just not an issue at all. It just adds a lot of reliability. So, and that's really what the army's built around is reliability in its attacks and its movement, all those kind of things. Uh, especially so, so when you need those run rolls as well. You don't have to spend that CP if you roll that one. It's lovely. So when I look at this blood rights table, and I'm assuming you know I'm a new player, I'm going to play as if I'm I'm a new player reading this book, and mm -hmm. I look at this to go right. Well, I'm going to get to reroll once when I make a charge, and then in round three, um, I'm going to reroll hit rolls of one. So mm -hmm. am I trying to set up for a, a third turn charge so I can do as much attacks as possible between round th round three and round four, or? Or is this just something that's nice going to have? So when you're in the heat of the battle, come turn three, it's going to be there to support you. Really, you can really build into it, and you can do some pretty nifty stuff. Especially like if you want to do some fun stuff, like throw an avatar of Kane on the table, you can get him moving by himself on turn two. That's no problem. Or you can get a cauldron of blood um, in a hag nihilist. 
um, re-rolling all hits, um, as well as having the cauldron activated automatically on turn two, and then you can just go to town. So you really can build around, especially for turn two combats in Hagnar, that really definitely works. So as long as you're working with the cauldron, but you need to have that extra prayer um, to activate, um, not to activate the cauldron, to actually give that ability to move forward a turn. But most of the time, it's probably not worth building around in all honesty. And the reason I ask that question, and thank you for clarifying that, and the reason I ask is because if I look at the, uh, let's say, for example, the Eidneth Deepkin, the Eidneth Deepkin has a, a, almost like a similar kind of, you know, high tide, yeah. low tide abilities, except they really built their strategy around it. And you look at someone like Lotan who can also like... More significant too. Correct. So I, I guess I wanted to I wanted to draw the line of the sand and say, um, are we using the Blood Rites table the same as an Ineth Deepkin player would could really oh, build no. their strategy around like a deep striking eels at turn no. turn two and turn four? Or there's the option in Hagnar because that re-roll hit all hits instead of just hit rolls of one. So that one is quite powerful. You can really build around that. But unless you're doing that, which I mean uh, there's just so many other things to build into in Daughters of Cain. It's not really even worth it. It's it's a lovely thing to have, but I mean, you never get to turn five when you're rerolling saves of one or and immune to battle shock. Most of the time, your army's dead anyway. So, in all honesty. All right. So, so what I'm hearing, and um, just to clarify for everyone listening at home, what I'm hearing is that the six up additional save to wounds and mortal wounds and the blood rights table is a nice to have. But not yeah. necessarily something that you look at to start with and say, right, I'm going to build a strategy no. around a six up after save, or I'm going to build around a blood rights table that is going to try to maximize that turn three and turn four reroll hit and wound rolls of one. Absolutely. So if, in my case, like you build into Hagnar again, yeah, it's worth building into, but otherwise, yeah, it's just nice to have. Yeah. Uh, but what what the strategy that you will build around is going to be the temple. So um, once you pick the Daughters of Cain allegiance, you're going to be able to pick a sub-allegiance or, you know, you pick what's called a temple. So there's things like Drake Ganef, there's Hagnar, there is insert name here and insert name here, uh, the Crave, uh, there's yeah, also yeah. Calib Calibron. Um, and all of these are going to give you additional rules. So mm. I'm imagining um, that you're going to build a strategy around these instead. Yeah, absolutely. That's when it gets fun. Is there any of the of the four? Um, well, having a bit of a, uh, a funny funny. Um, is is there anything that do you build around all four? Um, is it just two of the four that are good? Like, what's your what's your take on the temples? I mean, all of them can be fun by all means. So, I mean, Chuck could Chuck could kill me if I said that Kraith wasn't good. So, and you've played Chuck, so you know it's not a bad list to run. Um, it's definitely fun, but three out of the four, I'd say, would definitely be worthy of tabletops that, like, in a highly competitive game. So, the Kraith can be fun, but yeah, no, I wouldn't play it for reliability's sake. If we were if we were in an elevator and you're gonna kind of give me all four temples and maybe what build or maybe what the strength would be. Um like when I look at Hagnar, I instantly think of lots and lots of bodies. So that's lots of lots mm -hmm. of um witch elves and sisters of slaughter. Yeah. Is that is that the correct assumption? Like if I'm gonna go down yeah. that route, this is this this might be a good build. 
Yeah, absolutely. You can see quite often see 20 blocks of snakes in there as well because you're getting the four up save from the um, plus one from the cauldron. Then you get the five up, five up as well. Um, but mostly, Hagnar is pretty durable. Um, they're a pretty good army for counter-striking as well, I found. So sitting there taking that punch once you've got your buffs up and then um, striking back in your hero phase because you can pile in um, from the command ability from the cauldron. Um, so that works pretty well. But mostly they're going to be built around either Cauldron Guard or Slaughter Troop. And um, Slaughter Troop is based around the uh, retreat and charge from the Sisters of Slaughter. And Cauldron Guard just gives you plus one to run and charge with Witch Elves, which gives you a little bit more range. So especially if you add something like Cogs in or something silly. Yeah. And, and by the way, when I talk about this, I'm not saying that you can only run Witch Elves or Sisters of Slaughter. Mm -hmm. It's more that you're, you're probably going to see the greatest reward from that particular build, but not necessarily yeah. that it's the only way you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you look at something like Drakey Kineth, like what's the what's that high level, you know, strength or maybe the the, the ideal build? Oh, when you get into Drakey Kineth, you're talking snakes. So the plus one to hit on the mortal wound touch is just lovely. So you throw in the um, prayer to give them extra hits on sixes and their uh, touches going off on threes, re-rolling ones, extra um, mortal wounds on sixes. On a unit of 10, you're looking to get out around about like 10 mortal wounds pretty consistently. So um, then you could really get, the, if you'd made one small change to Daughters of Cain, you could really get a decent Temple Nest list and Drachigineth as well. If Marathi can make uh, Snake's Battle Line and not have to have those extra Witch Elves in there as well, um, you could really make a decent temple nest list because the the snakes and especially the shooty ones um, are pointed as if they're going to be shooting twice each phase, once in the hero phase and once in the combat phase because Marathi's combat um, command ability, sorry, allows that. So they're kind of pointed as such. And if you chucked them in and if Marathi made them battle line the melee snakes, you can actually make some pretty fun lists in there. But at the moment, the point cost is just too high. So, yeah. I've heard a few complaints in the past having to having to take the Medusa as the general. Yes, um, that's the problem. Does, does yeah, it does kind of pull that list build back. Um, yeah, because you really want to be utilizing that command ability from Marathi because she's the only one that allows two units to um, pile in an attack or ranged units to shoot in the arrow phase as well, which is really good. And you just never see it used. I mean, I've been inclined to take um, Marathi as my general, and the only one you can really do it in is. Um, Drachigineth, I suppose you, yeah, you could do it in Caleron, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah, it's just such a waste. I'd love to run a Temple Nest list. I really would. Just well, I mean, I mean, you know, we are recording now on on the first of May, so we don't know in the General's Handbook. We might see some changes. Who knows? We might get a new addition to Sisters uh, Sisters of Battle. Uh, <laughs> see where I'm at. Uh, Sisters of, Sisters of Slaughter got me to Sisters of Battle. Um, to the Daughters of Cain. Um, yeah, we, we never know what's coming, right? You know, we've got uh, we've got Teclas yeah, coming. We've got the we've got Slaughter. Uh, so especially with um, the Warcry Warband and the um, and Shade Warcry yeah. as well. Yeah. So and it'll be a perfect time. I mean. There, there's four books next in line, I think. What are we? We've got Nighthaunt, Daughters of Cain, Ideneth, and... Uh, Legions. Legions, yes. Yeah, yeah. So. And Nurgle's a bit old as well, but we won't go... We're, yeah. But, <laughs> nah, don't worry about Nurgle. They're fine. Look, if nothing more, we might see an update in the General's Handbook, but what I'm hearing right now is that um, 
having to take uh, Marathi as the general is a little bit restrictive on that snake build. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's mainly where I see Dragey and Anthers' strength is really in the snakes. So that plus one to hit is just so powerful. I mean, getting Witch Elves to the um, two plus re-rolling um, ones to hit, that's that's nice, but they're already so accurate. They already do so much work. I mean, a unit of 20 Witch Elves, normally I'm overkilling something by 10 to 20 wounds anyway, like yeah. in, real, like in reality. You're just throwing an absolute horde of dice with those Witch Elves, which is why they've been such a strong build for a long time. Um, but, you know, and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts if you've actually got to play something like a Petrofix Elite at the moment. Oh, um, well, my, my yeah. mate actually runs Petrofix. So, yeah, he's just in the room over. So it's um, it's actually really not too bad as Daughters of Cain because especially with Marathi, you can take out the Hecatos. Yeah. Um, and as long as you target the Harvester before you, before you actually take out the Hecatos, because obviously they can cycle back the Hecatos. And if you kill just a normal troop, you can just bring back Hager Dots if the Golfazar Harvester's there. So as long as you take out the Harvester, and then Marathi does her six-inch stare um, to take out a individual model, it's fine. Bob's your uncle. they got no more re-rolling. And, yeah, you just wipe them out. It's fine. Yeah. Well, and plus the, the pure weight of dice should be able to get through, although they might have a three-up armor save, um, the pure weight I should, should be able to. Um, yeah, Before like, I kind of figured out that mechanic as well, you just play keep away. Like really, there's no point. They generally will. The, they'll be split up into two or three main blocks, and I'm playing in the in the style that I play as well. I just play keep away. So you just steal an objective when they come and get it. Just steal the other one. So yeah, yeah. they're so uh, slow compared to Daughters of Cain that with harpies moving 20 inches at a time, it's just no competition in terms of stealing objectives, especially if you're in a scenario with like four or five objectives. And yeah, yeah, Bob's your uncle, you throw Marathi into one, crush one blob, and then, you know, tackle the other with some harassing harpies or something. So, yeah. I like it. Look at you, cracking the code when it comes to OBR. Yeah. Um, let's close out the final two temples. You've got the Kraith. <laughs> now, the Kraith looks like we're fishing for those uh, that double pile in on a six. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you, you're going heavily into MSU with the Kraith, so you want as many small units as you can to try and activate that. Um, and the problem with that is you've got, like, the fight. You fight, then they fight, obviously, so you're going to lose a couple of units in that. Um, it, it can be a lot of fun. Um, it's just not reliable. If there was a trait or something that could move that to a five, yeah, yeah, for sure, I'd think about that. That would be lovely. Yeah. Uh, or even like I look at Hammer Hall, Hammer Hall in the cities of Sigma, it's a command point, um, yeah. and I can double pile in. But, yeah. you know, like yeah. what, what's the true benefit of a multiple small unit double piling in? Uh, yeah, that's kind uh, of the and, same and, as the night one, isn't it? So, but, oh, excuse me. Um, uh, and, then and then finally, we've got Calibron. Um, oh, which... my baby. Yeah, I've played Calibron for. Oh, I probably played Hagnar, excuse me, for shits and giggles for about six months when the book came out. Um, and then I said, no, no, no more of this. I was just crushing my local opponent's souls. So on to Kayla Run we went, and um, it's been happy days ever since. It's a lot of fun to play. It's a really free play style. You're not stuck in a constricted ball around your, um, your cauldron, like trying to get those buffs. Um, yeah. So with... Calebron, you get a teleport within seven inches of the general, so um, you can't be in combat during that. So, sorry? 
I was, I was going to say that's not a command. That's not a command point. That's just a trait. That's just like yeah, that's a command. It's, trait. it's yeah. automatic. Once it once it once around. Yeah, yeah. Once a, at the start of the hero phase. So it's a little yeah. annoying because it's at the start of the hero phase. So you can't buff something up with witch brew or a spell, um, and then send them off. So if you do send them off, things tend to be a little bit vulnerable and not do a great deal of damage, um, especially because you don't have a huge amount of reliable pluses to charge. Um, you've got Cauldron Guard, which is plus one to charge, which is okay, but coming out from nine inches out, it's just not super reliable, especially if you don't have a hero over there to get the reroll. But um, perfect, perfect for sna staking a late uh, game objective. Yes, yes, which absolutely. Is how I, it reminds me of the hand of Gork spell in my in my group mm. spot. It's like literally, I hold back, I hold back, so I don't want to kind of show my opponent what I want to do, and then kind of turn four, turn five, when we're in the heat of the moment, there's damage being done. Mm. I can teleport onto an objective, score late, or or they're always worried that I'm going to do that, so mm. they're not fully committing to the battle. Yeah, well, and especially if you've got Marathi in the list, a lot of people think you're going to teleport Marathi over at the start of the hero phase, then transform her so she's eight inches out instead of nine, um, and then go for the charge. And having that threat is lovely, because sometimes you will if they've left something exposed, but most of the time that's just there for the threat. Most of the time you just don't teleport Marathi because you stick her in a blob in your deployment zone um, with a nice screen in front of her, and then back her with um, enough witch elves so that she pops out at the front when you transform her. She can move yeah. 14 anyway. She's moved a total of about 20 inches by that stage. She's, she's in the deployment zone pretty much of the enemy anyway. So, yeah, I think that was my, I think that was my very first experience with Daughters of Cain. A guy called Rob Rymers had done that trick, mm. uh, and I like never again. That's not yeah. happening to me. And, Unfortunately, I did catch a few people out at CanCon with that that weren't aware that that could happen. I did mention that Marathi can transform and stuff, and it, they just didn't click that, you know, you can move up again afterwards as well, that whole 14 inches, and you're just up in people's grill. And that's that's lovely for locking stuff down, but generally what I'll use the Calibron teleport for is catching up. So your, your battle line units like your Sisters of Slaughter and um, your Witch Elves are just so fast. And the thing with Hagnar is you've got to keep him in that zone to keep um, the seven, uh, sorry, the extra DPR safe. And you have to kind of um, use the tails to kind of snake back and make sure you secure that buff. But in Calebron, you just send them out and you don't have to have as large a unit. So I run 20 blocks instead of 30s because I don't need to snake the tail out. And then next turn, you can just teleport one of your heroes to give them the buff next turn. So if you've got um, enough range, you can just sneak a, a Hag Queen out over to catch up to your unit. And that way you don't have to have your heroes exposed either. You can keep your heroes a little back and, you know, have them playing a little defensive. So make sure you're keeping them out of that 18-inch spell cast range or the 24-inch shots that you got coming in for your opponent. So it just allows you to play a little bit more cagey with your heroes. Um, and it means that you can go all out with your um, some of your units as well. And it really makes um, redeploying something like a screen or if you've got um, a split deployment zone, for instance, where uh, one of the scenarios we've got, you have to you know deploy on each corner. I don't recall the one, um, but if you've got something way out of place and you're like, ah, oh, crap, just didn't have room to place this, and you can just redeploy. It just allows some really sneaky stuff. It's yeah, really no, I love play. it. Christine in the chat's asked around Calibron with Slaughter Troop. What's your thoughts on that? Um, Is it viable? Yes. Yeah. I mean, most of the time, if you're running Slaughter Troop. You don't, you've got such good movement that you don't really need Calibron. If you're talking about redeploying heroes to get them in place 
to rebuff up your unit's scissors. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, that could work. So yeah, that could definitely have some legs. So I kind of use, um, I use a 30 block of scissors to slaughter myself because they do have that capacity to retreat and then pile in that six even without the charge. Um, and I don't generally use the sisters as a hammer though because they do have less attacks than the witch shells. They're generally a unit I use either defensively or for stealing objectives and just having them as numbers. So um, yes and no. <laughs> no straight answer really, but absolutely. And I think the great thing about Daughters of Cain is that you could almost take any unit and put them in any temple mm -hmm. and it would work in some capacity. It's yeah. not like if you take a, um, you know, the life takers in a, a, a Calibron list, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, it's not really good. It's they, they kind of like work. Hey, hey, I did that. Yeah. Watch out. Watch your mouth. I did that. I was just making something up completely on the fly. I don't even know if it works or not, but it was just like I could put, I don't know, like Medusa yeah. in, a Medusa and a Kraith. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not doing the cane play. This is why you're the expert. Uh, yeah, it, and you, you've got the minus one to hit as well from the ranged, which actually worked out really well. Three out of my six games at CanCon were against ranged armies. So the um, the one loss I took at the start to my cousins, uh, what was it, a... Uh, uh, Tempest Eye list, that, yeah, that was painful. But I had to change my list just because I versed him. I didn't have a CP at the start and just got my ass handed to me in the front first round when he alpha-striked um, alpha me. And just to acknowledge um, something, Luigi in the chat just asked around the buffing of uh, a unit that's been teleported. You absolutely yes. can buff a unit that's been teleported. It's mm -hmm. just that you need to consider your buff ranges. So what you can't do is buff and then send them off. The, 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 the teleport happens at the start of the hero phase. So if you throw them literally 30 inches up the board, you better have a hero 30 inches up the board to be able to apply a buff. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's that's what we're referring to. Is that right, Dane? Yeah, absolutely. So, and there, like, you've got Mind Razor, which can still reach 18 inches, or if you've got a Bale Win 24 and whatnot. Um, but generally, yeah, you, you're not using it to, you're using it to, outmaneuver someone or redeploy as opposed to using it within a hammer unit so yeah. because those buffs just when you're getting somewhere on the backboard and you're teleporting way out of the way your three inch which is not going to reach yeah well with my gloom spike it's for example the the hand of gork is a spell that i can do any time in the hero phase so i could buff oh, up a bunch of rots i could you know I could do things like, you know, the the fanatics that give them plus one attack because um, mm. it's a hero phase and then fling them up the board. Oh, but, because, be but because it says for you guys that it happens at the start, yeah. that would be the first thing you've got to do before any spells, any ability buffs. Um, mm. So that's just the consideration we're talking about here. Yeah, absolutely. So, and there are some standout units when it comes to charging, like Marathi. So, because she can get that extra inch when she transforms after, like I said. But yeah, yeah, not cool. a fan. That's all right, and and you know, people might have their own list tech here, but um, it's it's just something to consider um, and keep in mind when you're building a list. Which is a perfect time to talk about list. Now, this is your, uh, I almost said award-winning because, you know, to go 16 <laughs> at, a, at a tournament of over 200 players with Daughters of Cain, the only Daughters of Cain army at CanCon, uh, is truly a remarkable uh, performance. And it wasn't even Wagner. 
Um, you know, if anyone's thinking it's going to be anything, it's going to be Hagner, and you did it with Calibron. So what I'm going to do is I want to talk through your list. I want to hear how you kind of put it all together, why you made the spell choice that you made or the command ability or, like, whatever you did, that you know, that, that made this list work. And if someone was thinking of something different, you know, are there alternatives of, you know, I see, I see, I see heart renders, you know, do we take a double life takers? So um, first things first, you've taken the realm of Orgu with the temple of Calibron. Why Orgu? Why Calibron? Orgu uh, is a purely fluff. I'm pretty sure it didn't affect any of my item choices or anything. So all, I didn't have a battalion. So there's only one artifact, which is going, um, coming straight from the war anyway. Um, Calibron, I was anticipating a fair bit of shooting. Um, the meta was in such a strange place coming up to Gangon, um, especially because it was it was pretty much like the Wild Wild West with um, Zeech coming out without a FAQ as well. We had so, just seen Cities of Sigma had really just done really well at Blood and Glory and they yeah. started bringing like the Iron Drake and the um, mm. all the shooting to the table. And one of my mates was bringing a, um, a gun line list as well. So I was just totally paranoid about people, um, you know, shoot the hero. So I took Calibron for the neg, the neg one. And it's it's what I'm comfortable with. I've been playing it for close to two years now. And yeah, it's we had a lot, quite a few objectives as well where um, outmaneuvering was pretty important. So being having that teleport was just fantastic. By the way, Dane, you had mentioned uh, narratively around Ulgu. Um, your narrative. Um, so when we talked about like your your temp, your your um, your altar, the um, uh, <laughs> yeah, the um, yeah, your cauldron of blood. That's actually on a terrorgeist. Uh, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, well, it's yeah, it was just a bit of fun. It's just whack this on a monster, but I ended up thinking about it and going, um, turn them into dragon hunters more or less. So they're Terrorgeist come from the realm of Ulgu. Uh, when they die, Nagash claims them back. So they were pretty cranky at Nagash, um, especially because she turn, um, he turned down Marathi's advances. So we went to steal back all the Terrorgeist and, yeah, chuck them on the cauldron because the cauldron can't move. It's got, it's got no motor. It's just a bu bunch of wheels powered by the power of blood, question mark. I yeah. didn't really understand the law behind the cauldron, so I just stuck it on the dragon. That way it can move at least. And I was running it with a thermal rider cloak as well. So, because it's movement, it's only six. It's not the fastest thing in the world. Um, yeah. All right, well, let's get into your list. Um, I, I do love your narrative. And uh, Marathi did hit onto Nagash, true story. Go, re go read about the time that we had all the gods in the Parthion. But yep. we'll, we'll start off with uh, Marathi. So why did you take Marathi? I noticed she's not your general. Um, and no, she's taken... The Lore of Shadows, um, Shroud of Despair. So talk me through Marathi, talk me about that choice, talk to me about that spell. Why isn't she the general? Um, she's not the general because she's not in Drake Chickenettes. So even if I was to take her as the general, um, it would make me lose the Calibron um, command trait, which allows for the teleport. So if I was taking her in Drake, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the spell, Shroud of Despair, it's just a neg debuff to bravery. There's a lot of uh, bravery seven and eight around there, especially with um, Cities of Sigma and stuff coming out recently or at the time. Um, so it's just to hopefully get that extra bit of bravery off so I can mind raise the things, which is bravery dependent. Um, and Marathi is just so such a nice piece to use in battle. Um, she really allows you to control the combat phase so you can lock things down because she can only take three wounds a turn. 
Um, that includes your turn and your opponent's turn in the combat phase, so she can die over two whole, you know, uh, rounds. Um, and unless she's taking wounds to endless yes. spells in yes. between rounds. Absolutely, and not a great deal of list were taking those kind of endless spells I found um, at the time. So I was pretty confident with her. Um, if she gets hit by uh, Aether Void Pendulum, that sucks, <laughs> and she would pretty much just fall over. Um, but no, she's just a control piece at the end of the day. She can be used to take some stuff out, and she is pretty wacky when you really buff her up nicely. Um, but she's more to lock down the opponent in the first turn, really allow me to dictate the combat phase, and just control their movement. That's really what she's there for. So she's, yeah, she's not really there to kill stuff. She's just there to control. And in a hero scenario where, you know, you want the hero to sit mm. on the objective or to claim an objective, Marathi is probably power for power, one of the best to take and retain yeah, a, uh, an objective. And her, her spell, just on a worse war scroll as well, Anzapol's Black Horror, that's fantastic. I mean, you've got to roll, um, it's D6 mortal wounds on a 4-up, I believe, and then D3 on a 2-3, to three, and then one mortal wound on a 1. Um, it's cast on a 7, uh, 18 or 36-inch range with her range, um, and you can just pop off heroes if you manage to get lucky, and which you do quite often. It's actually quite surprising. So, yeah, people don't like that at all because you can just sit out of um, unbinding range except if you're playing Seraphon, of course. But, yeah, it's a lovely little thing to have. Yeah. Before I talk about the Blood Rack Medusa, I might just ask you one more question about Barathi. Um in the average game, and I, and I appreciate that every battle's different, every scenario is different, every opponent's different. But in the average game, do you teleport Marathi early, late? Nope. Do you nope. wait for her to take the damage? Like, what, what's your strategy? What's your thinking with Marathi? Um, I almost never teleport Marathi, to be quite honest. Um, it, most people expect you to, and they'll cover their back lines pretty well, especially if you're playing. Um, a relatively competitive game, people screen off pretty well. Um, so I'm not really inclined to do that. So Marathi's better. She can most often get into place, honestly, if she just transforms from the front lines and you encircle her, because you can, tr can control where she transforms and comes down, and you've got that 14-inch move afterwards. You can get her so far. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Do you transform her immediately, or do you wait till she takes the wounds? Like, what's your strategy there? Um... That that depends on the opponent. Uh, if you if you want to make use of spell crashing, I yeah. probably rip her more on first and second turn than later. Probably first turn, probably sixty to seventy percent of the games. Yeah, so, especially if you've got up against a combat army and you really just need to lock something down. Because some people might with with a, such a big model model who's worth a lot of points. They, they may not know when is the right time to, to transform her. They might try to hold off. They might do it too early. So it's good mm -hmm. to hear, you know. She's pretty safe in Calebron because if you've got her behind um, a row of troops getting lookouts, uh, um, in Calebron, she's neg three to hit in shooting. So you're not too concerned about shooting, but it's those, it's the mortal wounds because they the wounds taken obviously double um, when she transforms. And that just, it, yeah, that really hurts. Um, so I just like to get the full amount of turns out of her again, really, and just really try and control the movement. Yeah, and we can't heal her as well, so definitely getting yes. the most out of that. Yeah, which would be broken as hell. Yeah. 
So the, the next up, you've got the Bloodrack Medusa, who is your general, has the ability, uh, the command trait, sorry, the Mistress of Illusion, has the yep. artifact uh, Shadow Stone, and then the spell Mind Razor. So that Mind Razor is certainly a staple in the army. Again, yeah. why did you choose what you chose? Why is this the general? Talk to me about this model. Yep. Um, well, the Blood Rack's got one extra wound. Um, she's six wounds as opposed to five, which you know all foot troops are. Um, so that's just an easy choice for the general instead of one of the hag queens. Um, and I need to utilize the command trait, so Marathi can't be the general. Um, so that's why she's the general. Uh, the command trait's just the Caleb on the command trait. It's bloody lovely. Um, the Shadow Stone is plus one to cast and re-roll casting rolls of one which is just incredible if you're looking for reliability. And that Mind Razor, um, you really want that Mind Razor going off every turn if you can. So it's um, it's neg one to rend and uh, plus one to damage if your bravery is higher than that. Um, you're not so concerned about the double damage because you're doing a lot of damage as it is, um, but it's that rend you're really looking for because in a heavy foot troop kind of witch elves and sisters of slaughter you have very little rend so yeah, yeah it's just to give you that that punch yeah because you've got the weight of attacks but you don't have the rend yeah. to match you add yeah. the rend to that because i know when i play liam um our shadow have a friend that mind razor is the single spell that i always want to stop because yes. again the weight of dice with the damage output of mm -hmm. with the rend mm -hmm. It will just collapse Phoenix Guard. Will collapse yeah. your your Petrifix Elite Mortec Guard. It'll just the pure the pure dice rolls. One of the really cheeky things you can do as well, if you really need to get that spell off, you can teleport the Bloodrack Medusa outside of your opponent's casting range in the third turn, let's say, so that your unit's in range of your buff, but your opponent's not in range to um dispel. So because the Bloodrack's always obviously in range of herself to teleport, as long as she's not in combat, she can just pop off and. You know, you can't contest that spell. That's a really cool. nice use. Uh, you've got two Hag Queens. You've got one with the Catechism of Murza, Murder. The other one Murder. is the Murder. Uh, Catechism <laughs> of Murza, Murder and the Martyr Sacrifice. Um, yep. Don't say that three times. Uh, again, why do we have two Hag Queens? Uh, why have you taken two different spells? Some people take redundancy. Why have you gone two different ones? And what are they doing for your army? Um, well, the Hag Queens obviously give uh, Witch Brew, which it makes you immune to Battle Shock and gives you re-rolling wound rolls, uh, all wound rolls. Um, I think it's failed wound rolls off the top of my head. Don't quote me on that. Um, but they're bloody fantastic, especially for their price. You get a lot of people still complaining about them. And having one's lovely, but having two is just better. It enables you to have two units attacking at once. Um, and not have to worry about battle shock, and you've got the, the nice buffs on them. So you've got two hammers working instead of just one. So you do want some kind of reliability and um, uh, what was oh, the word you used? Um, it is nice to have two in case you did one dies. Um, redundancy. Yeah, redundancy. There you go. Sorry, that hit me for six. Um, and then catechism is extra hit extra attacks on sixes to hit. So you generate two attacks, um, which is lovely, especially if you throw in 120 dice from Witch Elves or something. Um, and then you've got Martyr Sacrifice, which is one of my favorites. It um, Each time a model dies on a five or six, it reflects a model wound to the opponent. Um, and if you've got something like Sisters of Slaughter with Bucklers already, 
which reflect mortal wounds on saves of six, uh, unmodified. So even if they outrend you, you still get to do that. Um, it can double up and you can take out some pretty hefty stuff. So just by dying, it's one of the solid counters to thing like a Terrorgeist. So you just throw some sisters into it. He'll kill himself. That's fine. But, yeah. So, so with the combination, just to clarify, so I'm casting the, the Martyr's Sacrifice. Um, I've got my uh, Sisters of Slaughter who mortal on a, on a save roll of six bounce off a mortal wound. And yep. then if they die on a five or a six, they're also bouncing another mortal wound. Absolutely. Um, so so the, the, the sheer mortal wound output from a block of Sisters of Slaughter could be brutal. Yeah, so, and if you take all the mortal wounds to the base and all 30, let's say a terror guys comes at you, rolls uh, 24 mortal wounds, um, 24 deaths, that's, what, four, that's eight mortal wounds reflected on average. That's not too bad. So, and with the shield oh, save. Yeah. And, yeah. Put it on its third, third um, behemoth profile. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's just a nice little, little punch in the face back, so... It makes a lot of people hesitant to attack your things as well, especially if you say, yeah, I've got two ways of generating mortal wounds on this unit if you kill them. So it just makes people yeah, think twice about it. Would make me second guess my heroes as well, especially like some of those lower wound heroes. You could pop yeah. a pop it. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um yeah, ne next up you've got two units of witch elves. One have the pair of, of sacrificial knives, the mm -hmm. other one has the sacrificial knives and the blade bucklers. Uh, again, the question is, why do you have a unit of 20 over 30, or why did you go that way? And then why would you take uh, one with blade bucklers um, versus the pair? Yep, yep. Yeah, well, the units are 20 instead of 30. Um, with Calibron, again, you don't really need to have those tails lying back to your cauldron because you don't run a cauldron. Um, so you're not necessarily worried about staying within any buff ranges because you've already got all the buffs you need in Witch Brew and Catechism. So you're throwing them forward and just trying to get as many in range. And there's just no need to have that extra 10, 20 you're doing all the work you need, in all honesty. And you kind of need the points elsewhere. Um, and the double knives, that's the hammer. You want to throw that into something where you need all those attacks because they get the extra attack. And the bucklers, again, in combination with Martyr's Sacrifice can... Um, really give a nice slap in the face to something if they attack you so it's yeah. the is it the the, um, the buck so does the witch elves and the sisters of slaughter do the mortal wounds or is it just on the no, sisters of the buckler. so, so the buckler do give plus one to armor save in melee combat as well which is nice but i mean a five is still a five so. yeah yeah which is why the um the hagnar additional after save um yes. makes that unit more durable absolutely but when you you've got them in range of a cauldron um if you've got them in range of a cauldron they're uh, saving on fours which is lovely and then with the after save a hagnar a five and a five and that's lovely but yeah i don't have a cauldron <laughs> so yeah no, the just aren't aren't worth it in the unit with the hammer and with all of them so it's nice to have one unit with a big block with the double knives and then you're yeah, having the two with the they're mostly for mortal wound output because as you can see i don't have a great deal in this list next up you've got the 30 sisters of slaughter um so what do sisters of slaughter bring to the table that another unit of witch elves wouldn't um well obviously the six inch pile in 
So they can activate to pile in from outside, well, from inside six inches instead of three. Um, and we had to actually get that clarified. Um, my opponent didn't believe me at CanCon, um, which was fine, no hassle at all. But yeah, it's just a mechanic you don't encounter very often. So Yetis have it as well, I think. Um, your Bloodthirst um, Room, Incessant Rage does. Yep, yep. Um, there's obviously a couple uh, of artifacts. Cool artifacts Corgus Cool has eight, which is just ridiculous. But there's not a lot of units that let you pile in six. Like it's usually yeah. for a character. Yeah, and you can also retreat um, before doing that as well. So it allows for some really sneaky objective taking. So you can attack one unit one turn, then next unit, um, next turn retreat um, with a run roll, and then yeah, charge in, um, pile in, sorry, six inches into another enemy unit and attack. And if you're coming up against something like a Keeper of Secrets, you can do that at the end of the phase so that Locust doesn't matter. Um, and you're obviously outside of six as well, so they can't actually hit you with Locust. So, well, you inside six, but you're not within range of them to pile in because they're not within three. So you can wait until the end. So why is the six-inch pile-in important to you? Is it, um, is it so you can get more models in range of the enemy? Is it uh, you get better choice selection on where, where you go? Um, why is that important to you? Um, a lot of the time it allows you to string out and get those extra bodies in range for the objective. Um, and other times, like I said, against Keeper of Secrets, allowing you to control that combat phase and the, um, the activation, um, like the series of activations. But yeah, most of the time it's just to get extra bodies in range of the objective. So, and they do have a two inch reach on their whips as well. So with that six inches, you can reach up to eight inches. So if you're trying to reach something nice and deep and you manage to clear a screen with another unit, you can pile them in those six inches and they got a two inch extra reach. You can hit some stuff pretty deep in their lines. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, next up, you have a unit of 10 Kanoi uh, Life Takers. Um, yep. So what are the life takers? Why are you taking them? The life takers are the melee variant of the um, Canarii. Um, they're a requirement for Cauldron Guard. So some people take them in fives in Cauldron Guard. I used to do that, but I used to run them in tens instead, which was fun. Um, but they're very fast. They move 14. Um, they come in units of five. Um, and they hit like a Mack truck. So especially if you get the right buffs on them. They have two attacks each hitting on threes and fours. Um, one damage, but if they charge, it goes up to two damage. And then if your bravery outweighs your enemy and you've got Mind Razor on them, they're going up to neg one rend and three damage per hit. So a unit of 10, if you're looking to whack something real big, you can pop out, uh, what, 20 attacks at threes, uh, re-rolling ones if you're in the third battle round, and then wounding on fours, re-rolling all, neg one, uh, three damage, that's, yeah, a lot of damage. And um, both your Canera units start on the side of the board so they don't have to be deployed normally. Yeah. yeah, so generally you can deploy them off the board. I like to deploy the Life Takers um, surrounding Marathi and near um, a hack because they can move 14 if you're taking second turn or if your opponent gives you second turn for some strange reason. The um, Harpy's being able to fly over your screens and um, really give something a good whack and then potentially retreat after as well on a four plus. It's just fantastic. So I said earlier, I had a unit of 10 life takers, which are 160 points, take out a 480 point unit of gluttons. So if you get them buffed up um, and you're near inspiring to get that extra bravery with a mind raiser, 
those three damage hits at neg one just so painful so you could charge in do massive max, massive massive damage roll a four plus choose to then retreat yep. maybe retreat onto an objective retreat into mm -hmm. somewhere else do you have to be and there's no restrictions that you have to be outside of three inches of an enemy so you could i essentially... do believe you do have to be outside of three to successfully retreat though otherwise you can't finish that move um but they are really good especially if you want to retreat them and use them as a screen instead that's often what i do okay um either way like it's pretty cool that you're able to get yourself out of combat um yeah. after you've done a hit yeah absolutely it's gross so i'd really love to see a command ability or a trait or a temple around giving that plus one um that ability like hitting you uh, sorry working on a three plus instead of a four that'd be really cool yeah. So I absolutely love Canary. They're what got me into the army. And everyone said life takers sucked except um, Tom Lyons. And um, I was using them at the time. And I was like, yep, yep, you're not wrong. Had a bit of a chat to him about them. And um, yeah, had a chat to Vince about them as well. And they're just fantastic. So they're really good yeah. at what they do. And, and I wanted to spend a bit of time on the life takers because most people go the other way, which I know you've got five yeah. uh, heart renders there. But mm -hmm. People almost always go for the heart renders because they're more of the shooting guys, and yeah. they're also then then they kind of retreat away. Um, yeah. While the combatty ones, people kind of don't really go that route. Yeah, and they can be used in multiple facets as well. You're not always just using them to whack stuff. They make a really big screen because they're on the forty mil bases. You string them out an inch apart, and they're enormous. And they also have the uh, shields that reflect mortal wounds. And if you pop a martyr sacrifice on them. Um, you're not doing, um, you're doing a couple of mortal wounds, which is helpful. Um, and like I said, they move 14. So you give them an auto six run, they're moving 20. They can just steal objectives. They're so fast. Mm. Uh, so then you got your heart takers, so your heart renders. Um, why, why are they in the, the army? What, what's their role? Oh, their role is purely just to snake objectives. So, because they have the extra move after they shoot, they can get closer to objectives. And if they've got one or two models on there, you can just outweigh them quite easily with the five models. So, and I'm not a huge fan of the playstyle of them. They're they're quite nice. It's nice to have a unit of them. Um, but yeah, they're just kind of in there just to steal objectives. So they're not really hitting anything. The last unit you've got uh, are allies from the Cities of Sigma, which is your Shadow Warriors. Um, so I guess a couple of questions is why Shadow Warriors? Um, why wouldn't you just take another unit of Life Takers or Heart Renders? Because, mm -hmm. um, I mean, they do essentially the same thing, right? They come down, they come in from a teleport, they're going to yep. shoot, they're going to do some combat. Um, so why Shadow Warriors? What role do they play in your army? Um, essentially, I was just looking for a screen. Um... Because Witch Elves and uh, most of your other units are so fast, it's hard to get a screen that keeps up with them. And although it is nice, you could easily just pop a you know, Witch Elves in front, a uh, unit of 10, and run those forward instead. Um, but that extra inch sometimes can be quite valuable. Um, and these guys can actually deep strike, um, coming from off the board, obviously. Um, so you can pop them anywhere instead of being reliant on that run roll to get your screen out quite far. Um, and they can also um, start contributing damage, you know, quite early on as well, especially if you bring them out on, on terrain. So because they get that plus one to hit and wound if they're wholly within terrain. 
So they're hitting on twos and threes if they have that. Um, and if Marathi gets a mortal wound or two off onto a onto a hero early on, you can just use them to kind of pop off those last few wounds. And there's not a great deal of ranged um, within Daughters of Cain, and I just felt that need for a couple more shots just to be able to take off those key heroes. And otherwise, it's a great screen. Deep striking screens are fantastic. They're so underrated because you can put them anywhere. So, yeah, you, yeah don't need to be reliant. And they do, they, they hit like a truck, especially if you put them in cover, um, yeah. hitting on twos, wounding on threes, rend one. Uh, they are a good unit for 100 points. Um, yeah. One thing I know play Please around oh, oh sorry um one thing i've been tempted to play around with as well um is the withering which is plus one to wound against a unit so the shadow warriors would benefit from that as well because it's attacks going into a unit it's not specified that it has to be a daughters of Cain. so you could have them on twos re-rolling ones and then twos so that would be fun one thing that i'm noticing and the chat's noticing as well is um you don't really have a lot of command points um no. and, and, and this is the type of army that um could really benefit from having a lot of command points whether it's re-rolling ones to save re-rolling ones to hit um re-rolling charges um mm. and then battle shot comes into play as well so how do you kind of work with the limitations on um on your command points um especially like going into double turns as well like it's not like you have a lot up your sleeve yeah absolutely well um because i don't have a cauldron um to use a command ability to double pile in there's not a great deal of command abilities i am using it except for the reroll charging um and usually um combat i mean combat about round two and three so most of the time i have reroll ones to hit um so i'm not generally using it on that it's mostly to auto six and there's charges early on in turn one and two um so i don't find a huge need for them although it did bite me in the arse on my first game um, at CanCon. My cousin uh, realized I had no CP. Uh, he was Tempest Eye. He was very fast and very shooty. So he spread his attacks across all my single models, um, triggered Battle Shock in every one of my units of um, infantry. And I think I had about like 23 Witch Elves left by the end of turn one. They just all ran to Battle Shock. So um, that was a key flaw in my list and that, that has been changed. So I do have a CP in my list now just because of that, because yeah, you can just all battle shock stuff off otherwise. So you can generally do with just one CP a turn otherwise. So other than that, but yeah, you do need one for that battle shock. So that was just crippling. So yeah, that was the only game I lost at CanCon to my cousin because we grudged. And um, yeah, it came down to a, a last turn. I teleported Marathi with uh, Miracle and tried to steal an objective off him. If I rolled um, the nine plus charge, I would have won. I didn't, he won. Yeah, it's a good, great game. So. That's all you can ask for. Win, lose, a draw, great game. Yeah. Um, so how, how, how does your list change now that we've had Zench, we've had Seraphon, we've had Wrath of the Everchosen? Obviously there's stuff to come, but like just, we've had three battle tomes released since CanCon, which was only a few months ago. How, how does your list, or at least the thinking of Daughters of Cain, um, to handle big blocks of, uh, you know, the change host or, you know, yeah. Lord, Lord Croak kind of nerfing spells all over the board? Yes, yeah, Seraphon and Zeech prevent, present pretty unique problems in that they're similar-ish playstyles to you in that they're incredibly high movement. Um especially like just because of the teleports predominantly 
Um, I don't know how to handle Seraphon yet. And my roommate has just got some flamers as well for his Zeech army. I am terrified of those. See, see, so you can almost guarantee you're not getting Mind Razor off if your opponent doesn't want it to go off. Yeah. Um, there are some tricky things you can do, like teleporting your unit out of range if you're against Zeech, but Seraphon, you can't do that, so... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, against against the change host with you know your pink horrors, you've got the attacks to be able to delete the the pink horrors, the blue horrors, and the brimstones. Um, and I played a game against Zeech, um, one of my roommates Zeech, about three weeks ago. He was running four blocks of pinks, um, and you can you can chew through them pretty damn easily. That's not a huge problem. But when you've got one line of pinks in front of another line of pinks, and you've got two screens of pinks. That's a lot of pinks. That, that's just when it gets ridiculous. So you can, if you're, if you have a um, cauldron, you can double pile in, um, where you can pile in in the hero phase in your next turn, and you manage to get a double turn. You can just chew through them like nothing else, and that's not a huge problem. And especially not being able to retreat away from pink horrors, um, is not a huge issue because you kind of just want to kill them anyway. Um, but most of the time, they can just stay out of range if they want to and teleport to you with their flamers or their um, salamanders and punch you in the dick whenever they want, really. So that I, presents a unique problem that you just, if they don't want you to get to them, you're not going to. I imagine Marathi would be great against the salamanders and the flamers because she's only able to take three, three damage a turn. And Marathi, being a monster, probably has a really good shot of taking down the three salamanders um through the gaze through her combat yeah. uh, and vice versa with the flamers because the flamers are truly a glass hammer but it's getting Absolutely. to that glass you, hammer you, and, and accepting the damage first yeah you have to weather those shots first and if they're taking first turn and you don't have any buffs up especially on your witch shells and they trigger those battle shocks against all three units you're in big trouble and they can just put out so much damage especially um the buffs on um skinks putting out those mortal wounds on your hag queens um, because the neg one to hit in Calebron won't do a great deal against that, really, because you're just looking for the mortal wounds at the end of the day. And they put out quite a few bloody attacks, too. Maybe we're back to Hagnar. Mm, yeah, well, I'm, I'm yet to find the answers for those, too. But um, things like Slaves to Darkness and stuff, um, I've switched out 20 Witch Elves for uh, 10 Snakes. I've had to change, um, take out five Life Takers as well, and pop in uh, three Aether Wings. So just for the extra screen, the five life takers are still good. They don't do, uh, obviously, half the damage output. They can still get a max damage output of 30 if, you know, in a perfect world. Um, but, yeah, having that extra screen from the Aether Wings is really nice, and the Mortal Wounds from the um, Snakes is just lovely. So you really need them in this kind of meta at the moment, I think, especially when you're up against things like Slaves and um, OBR and stuff like that. But, yeah. Siege and Seraphon, though, no clue. Uh, no, no I, I, I think I think based on what I've seen, because I've been playing a lot of tabletop simulator, I've been watching it. Mm. Uh, I got to play a tournament uh, in in March, literally the week before lockdown happened in Australia. Um, I think you've got the, I think you've got the tools. I think Marathi is a great um, resource. Um, I think the teleport teleporting is a great resource. The things like the the Canary uh, being able to because getting getting croak is the key in the Seraphon. If, you, if you're playing against a Starborn, um, a, a Canera is not going to take down Croak, but it's a, it's a start of a threat. And mm. then through the other resources, you can kind of start bringing them down. I just, just know you're not going to have Mind Razor. Yeah, um, absolutely. 
and I just haven't had a chance to get that many games in against Seraphon as well. We've got a, a local player here that plays them. Um, I took Slanesh against him um, in the last um, local tournament. Uh, he absolutely whooped my ass. So, yeah. But, <laughs> I just, but man, uh, most, yeah. most people haven't, man. Like, lockdown <laughs> happened uh, just yeah. right after the FAQ. So, um, but, but, like, but based on my experience uh, and what I can see, mm. you have the tools to be able to handle it. Mm. Um, so, what yeah, I want to know. More games in. Of course. You get your rep, you'll learn a lesson, you'll build around it. Um, how do you win? How does Daughters of Cain generally win on the table? Uh, it, it can change. So it's not always the same thing. Most people just say push stuff forward. Yeah, that's your answer, push stuff forward. Um, but no, it's down to movement. Daughters of Cain play a movement game. They control the combat phase. Um, and they're really good with Marathi, obviously, for locking stuff down. Um, and me playing Calebron with the Shadow Warriors, the Life Takers, and just so much movement, you... A lot of the time you're either playing keep away or kill it. So if if you can kill it, you'll generally just obliterate it. But if it's too high armor and it's slow, you just run away and play keep away. So it's mainly just a movement game. And if you're not playing movement game, you just kill them. So just push it forward is the answer. But, no. Yes, push it forward, but you've got things like the, the canary that mm. let you challenge. And even if you just had the Canary on the side. And I've seen Daughters of Cain players just keep that unit of Canary waiting for that last, that that opportunity to seize an yeah. objective or yeah. even just to to kind of put doubt in their opponent's mind. For, mm. for 80 mm. to 90 points, that's great value. Absolutely. To... You can challenge one objective um, and uh, hopefully cause them to, you know, come over and support it. And then, yeah, you can just snake down and steal those objectives. But mainly you just, yeah, Moving around, deep striking. Um, Marathi can be really useful in um, breaking screens and stuff as well and breaking coherency, um, especially if you need to get a few more models in range. But, yeah, lots of movement. Movement is the aim of the game with Age of Sigma. Yeah, they definitely play to the strengths of uh, the game, um, especially if you're building around the, the Witch Elves because then you're taking up board space as well as having high movement. Yeah, yeah. So having um, tell, I had one teleport and three deep strikes. So yeah, there's a lot of movement in my list. What's going to stop you from winning? So when you when when you and I are on the table, what are your biggest concerns? Again, obviously missions are different and armies are different, but what are the things that are going to most likely to stop you from winning a game? Uh, if my opponent's got a larger threat range than me, um, if you're able to take out my screens from a distance. Um, change host. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of things, things that can whack harder than me. Um, Big War terrifies me because they're so hard hitters and they're so fast. So, um, yeah, anything that can take out my screens and, yeah, give me a good thump before I can get to you. Something like um, the Iron Jaws as well as the Ogre Moor tribes, they can turn one charge you. You know, you yep. could get smashed in the face by two, three stone horns or two more crutches. Yep. Is that a concern? Because you want your buffs on, you know, a turn one charge, you're gonna, you're not going to be able to get a whole bunch of your buffs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you deploy badly, absolutely people are going to take advantage of that. I mean, I'm not too concerned about the uh, thunder tusks and stuff. Um, the cabbages, however, yes. So having them double activate and stuff, and, yeah, not a huge fan. So if they just wipe out my screen with their mortal wounds and then just keep carrying on, that is genuinely terrifying. So, 
What, what about something like a, a Cities of Sigma who might be able to take off your Hag Queens? Um, because this was a strategy early on where people are like, take the Hag Queen, take the Hag Queen, take the Hag Queen. Yeah. And that, is, is, that, is that still a concern? Absolutely. Yeah. That's pretty much what's um, made me take Calebron. So because having Calebron and that teleport, you can just keep your general on the back and just move your hags where you need them, when you need them, and not have them overexposed. So that's generally my answer to that. So okay. just keep keeping, them, keeping them close, you're going to get the lookout serve minus one to hit, but it's yeah. when the mortal wounds start coming in that you're going to pop them like it's hot. Yeah, absolutely. And having them in Hagnar and stuff, you're not so concerned um, because you can just stay in range of the five-up mortal wound save. Yeah. That's lovely. But, yeah, most of the time, just hide behind a tree. You'll be fine. Because it is one of those books, uh, because it's an older style book, they haven't been pinged with a lot of that holy within kind of stuff. So I'm not particularly looking forward to it when it comes, but it'll come, it'll be fine. So I remember when Cities of Sigma, the old free guild kind of went over. It's certainly a lot harder to get some of those buffs. But right now, as it stands, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, absolutely. It's been it's been a nice run, so we've been going good. Well, um, is there any particular scenarios that you enjoy the most, like um, whether it's a style yeah. or whether it's a, a particular scenario in general? So anything with um, at least four or more objectives, something like the new Scorched Earth, uh, that's a lot of fun, a lot of fun for a Calebron because you've got such high movement and so many teleports. You can just wait a turn, wait for them to come out of their deployment zone, hopefully, um, and then just strike. Um, in turn two, or you can just go ham. Um, if they don't have any movement shenanigans, you can just lock them in their deployment zone and kill them. Um, but yeah, mostly just ones with lots of objectives I like for Calebron and Daughters of Cain specifically. But Hagnar, you generally want a few objectives, two or three, um, especially if you're running Marathi because you can really lock down control on those objectives. But my list really enjoys, yeah, high, high objective numbers. I, I would imagine as well uh, Daughters of Cain would enjoy anything with a shorter distance between the two deployment zones. So, yes. um, 18-inch deployment um, yeah, range. Yeah, those ones. Very, very fun for Daughters of Cain because the 12-inch um, move with the Witch Elves and stuff, if you're auto-sixing, um, that gets you obviously 12 across and then you're six inches away from the enemy. It's, yeah, quite reliable. But, yeah, 24 isn't too bad. Um Generally, I will just sit there in my deployment zone on turn one if my, the opponent gives it to me, unless I really need to lock something down with Marathi and go for a really, really long bomb charge or perhaps teleport her if I really need to hold something down. Um, but no, you just sit there for a turn and hopefully they'll come out. Yeah, I, I think having that 18 inches is a really good chance. I mean, Marathi, that's, that scares the living bejeebus out of me. That yeah. There's only 18, 18 inches between me and Marathi. Uh, the most fun thing to do is um, put a screen of life takers out at the front in uh, like the very furthest edge of your deployment zone. Um, the life takers can receive all your buffs. You get um, extra hits on sixes, re-rolling wounds, neg one random plus one damage from all your buffs. Then you can move them 14 inches. They're four inches away um, from your opponent's front lines. They roll the charge. They can fly. They can fly over your opponent's screens and just whack the crap out of stuff. Yeah. So these deployments are lovely. So the life takers really, really excel in those kind of scenarios. And I don't think I see a lot of opponents use flying units to their fullest strength. Mm. Um, I, I, I got to play a game um, against one of the fine gentlemen from um, 
from Bendigo, and he was using um, he was using his Morgast from the um, uh, OBR in that kind of way, right? You know, having a really good charge, then being able to fly over and then get into the juicy center. And I think yep. that's where like a buffed up life takers again, but with a smaller base than a Morgast mm-hmm. um, could could pop that important hero, could pop that important wizard, could just yep. absolutely cause terror um, to that that wagon like that you know war altar or, or even if you don't roll a high enough charge to get it deep into their back lines you can just wipe out their screen and then just lock them in their deployment zone with 10 model screen there's nothing wrong with yeah. that at the end of the day it's only 160 points that's it it's it's a pretty yeah it's pretty low uh low risk investment absolutely um probably the last and final question i've got for you before we kind of wrap things up is um You've been playing this book for a long time now, so I imagine you've got a lot of experience under your belt. And to to, to go 16th at a 200-plus player tournament is truly remarkable. Um, you know, I, I've got to give you credit because to win five games out of six is awesome. Um, and to be the only Doors of Cain army and to rank in that 16 is it's crazy. It's crazy good. Um, it's top 10. It's, it's top 10, like, you know, material. What have you learnt in all of your time that that if I was putting, picking up the battle tone for the first time, I may not see, it might not be obvious to me when I'm reading and kind of putting my war scrolls together or my allegiances or, you know, I'm reading something and then I try to do it on the table. What have you learnt that isn't obvious from just reading the battle tome alone? Mm. Yeah, I, I had a bit of trouble with this one. Um, it's... There's a couple things. I mean, probably that movement is key. Um, You learn that from most armies, but having an army that's so dependent on movement um, and so fast, and then going to something like Slaves of Darkness, which is my newest army, um, it's it's crippling, Um, especially you just play entirely differently. Um, Having... The freedom of movement in Daughters of Cain really allows for a really fun place time. And yeah, I just haven't found that. And in Slaves of Darkness, it's quite quite a different experience. But yeah, I'm not too sure really. Um, the Battle Shock means nothing to Daughters of Cain <laughs> um, because of Witch Brew. But no, there's not a great deal of insight on that one, I'm afraid. If, if I think about my experience playing with Daughters of Cain against Daughters of Cain, that is, mm-hmm. um, the first thing I'd probably say um, from the hobby perspective is that people starting now are so lucky because they've got contrast paint because one of the biggest barriers to entry was painting up skin. And, it's, and, and for some people it's very difficult to paint skin and lady skin um, mm-hmm. and not make it look like a dog's breakfast. So... Yeah. Um, An airbrush would probably be the one most painful experience. Um, you definitely get an airbrush, otherwise it would be a very, very painful experience painting 120 flesh bodies. So I would say, for, first off, from a hobby perspective, things like contrast is your friend mm-hmm. if you're not confident on um, on those. Mm-hmm. Um, think about things like little um, little weights or, any, you know, like little, little washes because some of those models are very tipsy. Um, yeah. like especially some of those d- dynamic witch elves, so they can uh, be a bit of a pain in the butt on the table. Yeah, I decided to do something silly and cut mine off 
the little plinths things that they're standing on as well and mount them on really silly positions, jumping off as um, Azerite ruins. So most of them just fall off anyway, so I have to wipe them down. But um, yeah, movement trays, definitely get some bloody movement trays, which helps are horrible to move around. Um, yeah, same as any 25 mil infantry, really. But yeah, <laughs> it's horrendous. The other things I'd probably call out is um, if you're going to build around um, witch elves and, you know, having a lot of attacks, make sure you're, you're good or you're quick and on, on knowing how many dice to roll and being able to know your buffs because that can really slow down the combat. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, playing Daughters of Cain can be a slow army if you let it be a slow army. So have your dice in piles of five, um, be organised, have markers for your buffs with them written on it so you have no arguments as to which unit has the buff. Um, movement trays for speed. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. The last thing I would probably say is don't be too aggressive. Um, I think there's a temptation that you mm. play too aggressive and I remember there were plenty of times where Liam would turn one charge me and mm. so what? Um, yeah. You know, like he he would take the first turn, he would charge me, I would have to accept the charge, and then I would often have two rounds to respond. Um, and once you've kind of thrown your, the, the weight of your army forward once, it's hard to recover from that. So um, yeah. bide your time, wait for the right time to strike, get those buffs off, and then you will just absolutely obliterate in this one round of combat. There's just a sheer weight of attacks, the saves, the ran, the damage um just controlling the combat phase and allowing your opponent to hit your screens and yeah just controlling that combat phase so important yeah instead of overextending you can kind of catch up a little bit with calebron but you don't want to just throw one unit out and just have them bounce off something so having enough units to make a concerted attack and actually be able to hit the things you need to hit is yeah very important so yeah, that comes yeah. just play a judgment and I think the last call out we, we said right at the start of the show is don't worry about the allegiance rules. Don't worry for that table to kind of set up for a turn yep. three, re-roll ones to hit or re-roll ones to wound on the fourth turn. Just do what is right. Um, yeah. And, and I'd, honestly, I'd build your list before you throw it in the temple because it, honestly playing with Daughters of Cain, there's so many beautiful models and play with what you enjoy. You can make it work. So if you want to restrict yourself by starting in a temple first because you enjoy that play style because it's either defensive or fast or it hits a little bit harder. That's fine, but it's a, quite a lot better just to start writing your list, figure out what you want to play, how you want to play it, and then get the extra buffs and see either where you want to push and gild the lily a bit and get that extra damage or if you need to round out some of your weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah, look, uh, look. There's lots of cool ways of doing it. I played Chuck more at Adepticon. He raid. Uh, he ran a crate at me at 180 or 200 witch elves. Um, yeah, I beat him with my goblins. But it, man. Uh, man, it was an absolute grind. But you know, you could go that way. Uh, I'm seeing Liam right now building out a whole stake list. Um, yeah. I'm seeing other people who are building around the avatars and, and doing some funny shenanigans with the avatars. I think there is something in there. Oh, yeah. Um, if we could get rid of the mechanic of the avatars not being activated until turn three, that'd be lovely. I'd love to run some avatars on foot, but you, you just can't risk them not doing anything in a competitive environment. But yeah, one day, one day. Hopefully soon. Hmm. Danye, this has been incredible. Um, I've learned a lot. 
in the chat there were people like, oh, my God, finally, Daughters of Cain content. I'm so excited. So I think there are people out there who have just been begging and craving for some insights on Daughters because people aren't talking about them. They mm -hmm. want to get back on the table. They just don't know how. So thank you for the experience and the knowledge. Um, uh, actually, let's put a tinfoil hat. Um, Warp Spider has thrown out a really good question. Let's tinfoil hat to bring this show to an end. When the new battle term comes out, we don't know. We don't know when. We don't know how or what. Um, mm -hmm. What would you like to see in the new Daughters of Cain book? Whether it's is it new units? Is it changes to the book? Is there uh, any concepts you want to bring in from you know, you know, We talk about the Underworlds Warband and the Warcry Warband. What would you like to see? Okay, well, I've, I've got a couple of things. I, I'd like to see a little less restriction on command traits um, because both Caleb Rona and Hagnar dictate the path of your command traits, so you can't take Morathi as your general and um, utilise um, the uh, command traits from those temples. Um, so a little bit less reliance on those so that you could actually utilise Morathi's command ability and stuff. Um, Morathi making snakes battle line, that'd be lovely. So you could actually see some viable temple nest builds. Um, yeah, I'd love to see some more mortal wounds. So um, some kind of command ability for sixes to wound, let's say, or even hit um, doing mortal wounds, um, but specifically only for witch elves. Um, so utilizing their poison and stuff, uh, because in the law they do have access to quite a few poisons and they are quite a sneaky society. Um, and you can see um, quite a few of the poisons, like on the models and stuff as well. Um, yeah, uh, I'd like to see Hagnar gone, personally. I'm not a fan of the playstyle. I don't think that's how Daughters of the Cain should play. Um, they're meant to be a glass cannon, very, very fast, very hard hitting, um, but they shouldn't be a glass cannon brick wall. Why is there a glass cannon brick wall? I don't understand. And maybe that's a, a good call out as well to the previous question is that if you run Hagnar and you run lots of witch elves, mm. you're probably setting yourself up for a bad player experience because there's nothing worse than just mm. hitting a brick wall of witch elves mm. that are just so hard to take down and people just get frustrated sometimes. So um, I think that's partially why people have walked away from Daughters of Cain because yeah. they just weren't having fun with their opponent. So yeah. stuff. Um, I for you to have fun. Like the most fun games I've had, my whole army's got been gone by turn three. So yeah, you've got to have fun. Yeah, and I, I enjoy stuff dying. I don't mind if it's mine. It's fine. Yeah, um, I, I'd like to see a couple more models. Um, uh, yeah, I, mm, yeah, I, uh, I'm yeah. pretty happy with the underworld ones and the Warcry ones. I'm looking forward to see the rest of the Warcry. Um, so why? Yeah, um, I'd love for them to have a deep strike mechanic as if they're coming out of shadow um, because then I wouldn't have much need for my shadow warriors. I could just stay within faction, just have a teleporting screen. That'd be lovely. When I um, say models, by the way, I'd like, I'd like to see maybe some prayers like the corn uh, Judgments. So bring uh, in... Yes, please. Yes, I please. I mean, you don't, you, don't, you don't have an allegiance terrain. You don't have endless spells. You don't get any special endless spells. Um, I'd like to see... Prayers would be awesome, either prayers or endless spells. Yeah, I'd like I'd like to see some priests or priestesses um, that um, aren't there just for witch brew. I think yep. I think that's usually why they're there. Um, so having so, uh, some endless spells or some endless prayers, 
um, yeah. would be a different reason to bring the priestesses. Yeah, that would be very cool. A giant sword of cane, or yeah, that would be bloody awesome. Actually, that's a good call. Or maybe like a, a wave tide of blood or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> like the grave tide of blood, that'd be pretty cool. Um, I'm up for that though. That sounds good. Maybe people, if you're watching this, guys, in the chat, um, pop in the comments section what you'd like to see from your daughters of Cain. Um, I think yeah, it's some pretty and, cool stuff. Can someone model a grave tide purely out of blood, please? I'd love to see that. I reckon you, I reckon you could probably <laughs> almost do it. You could almost do it from the existing model. But, Danye, if people wanted to talk to you um, after this or if they wanted to find more about you or whatever that might be, um, any shout outs where can they find you blah 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 do the do the big spruik uh, i'm not much of a social person so i don't really do the twitter or instagram or anything like that um in part of most of the facebook groups i'm in part of the daughters of cane facebook group if anyone wants to chat to me about that i'm more than happy um keep an eye out for scrub hammer it's a um battle report channel we got working on at the moment um working on some terrain and stuff at the moment we've managed to get four um mats for our table now and starting to get our armies painted up and hopefully record some battle reports soon. So keep an eye out for Scrub Hammer. So shout out Scrub Hammer. Um, the channel's not out yet, is it? No, not yet. So right. we'll I was going to say, I'd link, it, I'd link it below, but it's not yeah. there yet. No, um, uh, any particular Facebook group that's um, that you'd recommend for a daughter's player? So um, I'm pretty sure there's only one um, okay, as far as I'm aware. But just, yeah. just type in it, Daughters of Cain on Facebook, a group will come up. Merry Christmas absolutely mate and it's a good group too there's a fair bit of work still being posted every now and then too yeah i'd love it and by the way warp spies uh let's close out the show with warp spies comment and that is he'd love to see a massive cauldron uh terrain piece so uh maybe in <laughs> a mid shadow or something so that's pretty sweet I like well, that. I've got, hang on. this better not be a, a bowl of blood yeah i took something um i made something like that for the um what do you call the Cancon terrain that we had to bring. But I wish we did have a bigger one. That would be pretty grouse. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, Dane, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for your time and your knowledge. I hope everyone found this enjoyable and uh, knowledgeable. Uh, if you did find value in, in the, content, the content here, uh, do press like, do put in a, a comment to let us know what you found valuable, what you'd like to see in the new book, uh, how you're building your lists. Um, Thanks very much. I think let's close out the show. Get back in there, roll lots of sixes, and I will see you all again very soon.